0: 29 sorry 27 verse 4 says one thing i ask from the lord this only do i seek that i may dwell in the house of the lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the lord and to seek him in his temple just in this beautiful atmosphere of worship why don't you raise your hands this morning oh father god we just thank you that we can come and dwell in the house of of the Lord this morning. We thank you, Father, that we can gaze in the beauty of your face. Thank you, Lord, that we are able to seek you. We pray that as we share together this morning, Lord, that you will speak to us, guide us, encourage us Move us, Lord God, so that we can live and dwell in your temple every day of our lives. Amen. Ooh, grab your seats. Who enjoyed worship this morning? How good was that? Thank you, team. Um, being part of the music team, it's really... um. Their heart is really for us to just be able to come into his presence every Sunday and to um, do like that verse says gaze upon his beauty and um, seek his face. So, thank you, team, for doing that for us this morning. So, good morning, One Heart Port Lincoln. Welcome this morning to our 9 a.m. service. My name is Ruth. Um, Welcome to our people online. I should say hello to them. Hi. Um, And to anyone who listens to the podcast later, welcome. Um, I'm excited to share the message with you this morning. Um, I shared this in Tumby a few months ago, and Pastor Rob asked me to share it here today. So I really pray that you um, get something out of it, that God speaks to you this morning. So, a few things before I get started. Pastor Rob and Pastor Pauline are away in Melbourne this weekend, um, they are invited to go along to the MORE conference with Life Church um, and I believe they're going to a couple of different churches this morning in Melbourne as well. So. Um, I had a message from Rob this morning, and it sounds like God's downloading a good message for him for Awaken for Thursday night, so um, let's keep keep them in our prayers, um, just pray that they come back inspired, um, refreshed, and ready to continue the work um, that God has them doing here in Port Lincoln um, and in their different roles around the state. Um, Pastor Josh is also away, so he's up in Wyala today, um, sharing with them up there, um, and he'll be back this afternoon to preach in Tumbi for us, um, and Youth Alive is on this week as well, so let's keep our youth um, in our prayers this week as they go over to Adelaide, um, just that they'll be encouraged um, and that God will meet them in a new way um, at Youth Alive this week. Um, and lastly, women, two weeks to refresh Two weeks to last spring retreat. I hope you've registered. Um, it really is a great um, afternoon, evening that we get to come together and we get to share together, encourage each other. Um, Pastor Pauline every year very carefully and prayerfully um, selects who she invites to share with us. So I know that we're going to be blessed by Pastor Sharna this um, this month. Um, And we've got our music team, coffee team, and others who are just um, volunteering their time to make sure that we have a great afternoon. So come along, be blessed, um, and I've got no doubt that it's going to be an amazing time together. So that is on October the 21st, two weeks' time. All right. So I thought I would start by sharing a little bit of an overview about me. you might have seen me around one heart but maybe not really know who I am, so I thought I'd do a quick little brief, brief introduction. So usually I'm where Pastor Kimberly was this morning. I feel much more comfortable leading worship. Um, I sing and occasionally I'll play the keys. Um, I have spent, as long as I can remember, being part of a music team and music is really where I um, connect with God. Um, I serve on the ministry team and I help Pastor Pauline and Pastor Claire with the women's. Um, I'm a follower of Jesus. I do my best to daily follow him. Uh, Wife to Mark and mother to three. So Rory is 10, Michaela is eight and Caleb is three. Um, I didn't grow up on the Air Peninsula. So I moved here uh, 16 years ago next month to work as a paramedic. Um, About 12 months ago, I qualified as a first aid trainer. Um, What else is there? I enjoy making things and I always, um, I'm up for a creative challenge. I love starting new projects. Uh, I'm not so great at finishing them. Um, The last couple of years, I've enjoyed developing a veggie garden. I love playing netball. Um, I have a really weak spot for M&M's. Um, definitely my chocolate of choice, and I seem to enjoy uh, flogging myself at CrossFit a few times a week. Maybe that's because of my M and M's. I don't know. Um, I love enjoying, um, sorry, exploring God's creation for ways to support our bodies and our health naturally. Um, and I think, like many, I've found the past few years extremely difficult. Um, but for different reasons. But through it all, God has remained faithful. Um, And he continues to stretch and groom me in ways I've never imagined. Probably being up here, being one of them. Um, So, now for something that you don't know about me. When I was younger, um, I was a scout. And along with my two brothers, uh, we went to um, the scout group out in Kaipo Forest. So, that's just outside of Meadows in the Adelaide Hills. That's where I grew up. I've always enjoyed being outdoors. Um, I've loved... Um, So I loved the um, outdoor adventures and challenges that came with being a scout. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And, of course, there were some life lessons that I learnt along the way being a scout. Um, Number one, Mark's not here yet, but I'm pretty good at starting the fire, just saying. Um, (sighs) it's 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 a life skill you need to have. Um, And another skill that I learnt, um, it may have been a bit earlier, um, we enjoyed camping a lot as a kid, um, was how to pitch a tent. So, you know, you've got to make sure you put it up properly, um, secure it appropriately, the poles are in place, pegs are in the ground, the fly is all nice and secure because if it gets a bit breezy, if you don't have that secure, that's going to flap like crazy and you're not going to get any sleep. Then once you've got your tent up, you need to make sure that nothing's touching the sides. Has anyone had that experience before? If it touches the sides, you're going to get wet overnight. Also, make sure you don't leave anything outside, like your boots, because overnight something's going to probably make their way in there and you're going to find a surprise in your boots in the morning. So, as far as Pitching your tent, you've got everything upright. You've also got to uh, look at where you've pitched your tent. So you've got to make sure that the ground is clear because if anyone else here was a scout, um, we used to sleep on those really um, thin foam mattresses. So if your ground wasn't clear, you felt everything under that mattress um, and you did not get a good night's sleep. If you didn't have some sort of protection, the wind would blow you around, and if you didn't pay attention to the ground, like looking for where the water might run through, um, you risk your nice dry haven becoming a wet mess during an unexpected downpour, okay? All great things to know about camping, right? Uh, But we're not camping, are we? No. Uh, so why am I sharing with this, this with you this morning? So I want to ask you today, where have you pitched your tent? Okay? Because just like these things are important, when we consider t- uh, pitching our tents uh, physically, I believe we need to consider where we've we pitched our tent spiritually as well. When we're out camping, our tent becomes our dwelling place. It's where we spend our time in the spiritual. Our tent is where we choose to dwell. And depending on where we've camped, uh, this can make it easier or harder to connect with God. So how and where we choose to pitch our tent is very important. This is something that's challenged me over the past few months. And so I just, um, I'm definitely not a master. I'm still learning things, um, but I would like to share some thoughts with you today. So we're going to read from Genesis chapter 13. So if you've got your Bibles with you, turn to Genesis 13. I'm not a biblical scholar; I don't understand it all, but I just want to show um, some, share some thoughts with you today, and ask, where have you pitched your tent? So a little bit of background leading up into uh, Genesis 13. So we've got Abram. Abram has been called by God. God is telling him to leave his native country and to go to the land that I send you to. Um, He goes as instructed. He takes his wife. He takes his nephew, Lot, and they take all their wealth with them. Now, the move doesn't go without challenges. Um, They hit a severe famine, so they have to uh, kind of do a bit of a detour to Egypt. Uh, Then Abram kind of gets himself in a bit of strife with Pharaoh. They have to leave Egypt, and they travel on. And by this stage, Abram and Lot are both uh, quite wealthy. They've got lots of flocks of sheep, goats, herds of cattle and many tents. And they are finding that the land can't support both their families. Um, and soon we get some disputes breaking out between um, the two tribes. So we're going to read uh, Genesis 13, starting from chapter eight. So finally Lot said sorry, finally Abram said to Lot. Let's not allow this conflict to come between us or our herdsmen. After all, we are close relatives. The whole countryside is open to you. Take your choice of any selection of land you want, and we will separate. If you want the land to the left, then I'll take the land to the right. Or if you prefer the land on the right, then I'll go to the left. Lot took a long look at the fertile plains of the Jordan Valley in the direction of Zor. The whole area was well watered everywhere, like the garden of the Lord and the beautiful land of Egypt. Lot chose for himself the whole Jordan Valley to the east of them. He went there with his flocks and servants and parted company with his uncle Abram. So Abram settled in the land of Canaan and Lot moved his tents to a place near Sodom and settled among the cities on the plain. But the people of this area were extremely wicked and constantly sinned against the Lord. After Lot had gone, the Lord said to Abram, Look as far as you can see in every direction, north and south, east and west. I'm giving all this land as far as you can see to you and your descendants as a permanent possession. And I will give you so many descendants that like the dust of the earth, they cannot be counted. Go and walk the land in every direction, for I am giving it to you. So Abram moved his camp to Hebron, and settled near the oak grove belonging to Mamre. And there he built another altar to the Lord.. <coughs> so we have two families, and they're deciding where they're going to spend their futures, where they're going to pitch their tents. Um, and so as we kind of look through this this morning, can I challenge you to think about where have you pitched your tent? So first off there we read about Lot. Abram gave him the first choice. Now, Abram was the oldest, so technically um, he should have had the right to choose first, but he's given that to Lot. And I kind of imagine that as Lot looked out over the fertile plains of the Jordan Valley, he's like, that's where I want to be. That place looks like a good place. It's well watered. Um, It's described like the Garden of the Lord, so it must be good. You know, it's lush, green, fertile. There's plenty of water. It's perfect. But it comes with a downfall. Um, It's located on the plain next to the city of Sodom. And as we just read, Sodom was a city known for its wickedness. They can constantly sinning against God. And this is where I believe the issue lies for Lot. Even though he knew that Sodom was a wicked city, he still chooses to move his tents to be near the city. And it gets him into trouble. So firstly, either he didn't recognise that choosing to dwell near the city um, would expose him and his family to temptation, or I think um, potentially worse, he did realise and he thought that they could resist the temptations. And if we continue to read through Genesis chapter 19, um, we find that Lot's gone from having his camp just outside the walls of the city to um, being sitting at the entrance of the city. Now, at first glance, it doesn't really seem like much, does it? Like, he's just moved from just outside to the walls um, or the entrance. But the entrance at that time in history is where the city officials and, um, like, important members of the community, they would meet to discuss events and um, discuss business. So it was a place of authority. Um, And it seems reasonable then that Lot um, held a position of authority, within the government, or at least was associated with those that did, okay? So either way, he's gone from living outside the walls of the city to now being inside the city. He's no longer resisting the temptation that perhaps he thought he could. And in Genesis 19, when the angels come to warn him about the impending doom of Sodom, it takes them the entire night to convince him that he must leave with his family. And to reveal just how deeply sin has been absorbed into Lot's life and how he's become hardened to the city's evil um, acts, he offers his virgin daughters to the mobs that are trying to get to the angels. Which is my thought, where have you pitched your tent? How many times do we think something looks good, but we know that it puts us possibly in the path of temptation? we need to be very aware of where we're choosing to dwell. Because if we set ourselves up alongside temptation, like Lot did near Sodom, are we really that surprised when it turns out we can't resist the temptation? We also need to realise that sometimes, and probably in a lot of cases, just like Lot, it goes beyond just us. Where we choose to dwell has a significant generational an eternal impact on those around us. So our families, our children, our children's children, our friends. When Sodom was destroyed, the only ones that survived were Lot and his two daughters. Three people. We read that when they pitched their tents just outside Sodom, it was a large tribe. All that survived were three. Three. And, I mean, I do think that sometimes we do end up in a path that we don't realise puts us in a place of temptation. But it's important that once we recognise the error of our dwelling place that we do the hard work to move our tent. Um, We pull it down and we re-pitch it um, elsewhere where God is asking us to. So that brings us to Abram. So Abram settles at Hebron in the land of Canaan, Um, and unlike like the lush fertile green plains of the Jordan Valley we really don't um, see much or hear much um, about the land where Abram has settled Um, and I don't know about you but the more I read the Bible the more I realize that there's no words that are wasted so I thought I'd look into Hebron a little bit so Hebron Um, is located a little over 30 kilometres south of where Jerusalem is today. So there's a nice little map there for you, if you can see it there. Um, And it's nestled up in the mountains. So on the surface, it doesn't really look like an ideal location. It'd be hard to work. They might not be able to easily get things in and out. Um, But it's actually a region of quite rich soil, And sometimes that's exactly what happens when God tells us to do something, isn't it? It doesn't make sense to us. It um, can look like hard work. It may not look like it's going to be growing anything um, and it's definitely not the direction we expected God to take us. But when God is talking to us, we need to listen. The Lord spoke to Abram and the first thing he did was um, move his camp. So if God is speaking to you, listen, and then move. Take the time to be in tune with God and where he wants you to be. It's not always going to be the easiest place. It may not make sense, but God is just asking us to be obedient. So be willing and flexible to move if God says so. He might say, no, you're not to dwell here. Keep going. So keep carrying your tent until he says, this is your place. Even though it may not make sense, because when we pitched our tent in the right place, we find it easier to connect and spend time in God's presence. And then it's being open and willing and again, flexible to hearing God's voice when he says, it's time to move again. Because the right dwelling place for last year isn't necessarily the right place for this year. And this year's right dwelling place isn't necessarily the right place for us in the future. So we need to be continually listening and seeking God um, and being willing to move so that we can step by step dwell closer to him. So then I had a bit of a look at Hebron in a biblical sense. So was it significant um, in terms of what we read throughout the Bible? So these verses in Genesis 13, that's the first time Hebron is mentioned, and then it's kind of mentioned a few times after that. Um, Hebron is where Abram, who became known as Abraham, brought the field with the cave so that he could bury his um, wife Sarah there. Um, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Rebecca, and Leah were also buried there. So there's quite a few of the um, kind of big patriarchs of um, Israel that are buried there. It was um, the first city that the um, 12 spies encountered as they surveyed the promised land, Um, and it was the land around Hebron that was given to Caleb. Um, It was designated as one of Israel's cities of refuge. It became the capital of Judah, um, and it is where David first became king, and he reigned there for seven and a half years. And then Absalom in Hebron, he um, plotted there to steal his father's kingdom and it was there that he declared himself as king and it was from there that um, he went to invade Jerusalem um, and that's where Absalom was killed. So Hebron didn't really work out for Absalom. It wasn't wasn't the favour of God, I guess, wasn't on Absalom in that place. And so I think what I discovered as I looked into Hebron, is that there's actually nothing super special or significant about it. The significance comes from being in a place where God um, chose to bring the blessing into those people who are faithful to him. Okay, so Abram saw the promised land there. Caleb inherited the land. David reigned in the city, but it wasn't the city that God rewarded. It was the faith and obedience of those men. So until God's blessing is on it, the city itself holds no power. So I guess as we look as Hebron, at Hebron, sorry, the where of where we choose to pitch our tent isn't actually that significant. There's nothing super special or significant about it. There's no special formula. You know, X, Y, Z isn't going to mean that you land in the perfect spot. Um, it's, we just want to be where the anointing Or the blessing of God is. So, like Abram, we want to be listening, listening to God, faithful to Him, obedient to what He's telling us to do. And then, when we get things right and bring them into alignment with Him, that's when we've pitched our tent in the right spot. And that's when we can dwell, live, and delight in the presence of the Lord, like that verse from Psalm says. So we need to make sure we've pitched our tent in the right spot, which of course could mean moving our tent. And it's not easy. You roll up the canvas, you pack up the poles, you pull out the pegs, and then you've got to lug that thing to its new location. It takes work, but it's worth it. Um, I recently finished reading through Exodus, and the words from Exodus 40 came to mind. And it says um, in verse 34, Then the cloud covered the tabernacle, And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Moses could no longer enter the tabernacle because the cloud had settled down over it. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Now whenever the cloud lifted from the uh, the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out on their journey following it. But if the cloud did not rise, they remained where they were until it lifted. The cloud of the Lord hovered over the tabernacle during the day. And at night, fire glowed inside the cloud so the whole family of Israel could see it. This continued throughout all of their journeys. So I imagine that picking up, packing up and moving the tabernacle wasn't an easy task. There's a serious list of things they had to move. Um, But when the cloud lifted, the Israelites knew it was time to move. So they'd pack up everything and they'd follow up until it settled. And so I think, like, we may not have something as obvious as a cloud to follow, but in a spiritual sense, we need to be in tune with God, listening to his Holy Spirit, so that we know when the cloud is lifting and it's time for us to move. So where we pitch our tent is important, but it's also important how we pitch our tent. We need to have items like our pegs, our poles, our flyer, our canvas, so it's something that's going to offer us some protection. Um, and none of these ideas are new ideas. You've probably heard them before. Sometimes we just need to hear things in a different way to kind of encourage us um, to make the move that we need to move. So as I talk about how we've pitched our tent, have a think about how is your tent, how well is your tent pitched? So pegs. We need to make sure that we're driving our pegs into good ground. Generally, pegs that are driven into soft, sandy-type soil, they're not going to hold well. Good ground is things that are going to secure our relationship with God. So I kind of um, always like to relate it back to the natural. So good ground to me is um, something that brings uh, good fruit. Okay? So we know that our pegs are in good ground when the Holy Spirit produces good fruit in our lives, just like it's listed in Galatians 5. Anything that produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's the good ground that we want our pegs to be secure in. But like I said, there's soft and sandy soil, and we want to make sure that our pegs are not going into that type of soil because that type of soft soil will cause us to be moved and swayed. And Galatians 5 also um, describes some of these things where it says um, with a list of desires of the sinful nature, including sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, um, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. If our pegs are into any soil like this, we need to ask God to help us with pulling them out and moving them to better solid ground. And I think sometimes we go like, you know, like seven of my eight pegs, like they're good, they're in solid ground. Do I need to worry about that other one peg? Can I challenge you today to think about that one peg and how you need to move it? Because if that peg isn't in solid ground, when the wind starts blowing and it starts getting underneath that peg, it's going to gradually lift the corner of your tent and as without it secure it's going to keep lifting and lifting and lifting where eventually the whole tent's just going to blow away so that's a bit of an extreme example but without paying attention to the ground that we are anchoring ourselves to it can happen not necessarily from a gust of wind it could be over time just gently eroding away So the next piece of equipment we need is our poles. Obviously, without the poles, the whole tent is just going to fall over. There's no structure to it, is there? Even before the wind starts blowing, that tent is doomed. Can I encourage you, though, with some words from Ephesians 6, verse 10? It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the enemy. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against powers in the dark, this dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. The passage goes on to list the armour of God, the way in which we can stand our ground. These are like the poles in our tent. And we can secure and strengthen our poles with daily reading of our Bible, um, I saw a reel a little while ago, and it made you think about what it would look like if you carried your Bible everywhere with you. So instead of grabbing out your phone when you're, not do, when you're bored, whatever, and you're scrolling through Instagram or Facebook, what would happen or how different would our lives look if we, just, if we were scrolling through the Bible? And so we need to be in his word. It's the guide. It's our guide for our lives. That's what we need to be living in. Um, We need to have daily worship and daily um, prayer time with him. Um, We can do this by ourselves and we can do it with others, but it's really important that we have our own personal time. Um, Again, it's not something that I've found easy to do. Life is busy. It gets hectic. Um, But I know that when I don't do this regularly, you could blow me over with a small puff of wind because my poles aren't secure. Musos, if you want to jump up and join me, thank you. And then lastly, we have our protection. So this is where it all comes together. And when the tent actually begins to look like a tent. And like Paul says in Philippians 4, it says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honourable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you have learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. And that there is our protection. There's our covering. As we pitch our tent where God is calling us to, as we drive our pegs into good ground, As we construct our poles with strong and sturdy practices, then we'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. And it will guide our hearts and our minds as we live in Christ Jesus, the covering of his Holy Spirit. And then despite the chaos of the world around us, we are in a place where we are daily in his presence. As it said in Psalm 27, the one thing I ask, the one thing I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. So as we've seen today, there are the chosen dwelling places of Lot and Abram and how it can work for the good or detriment of our spiritual journey. I pray that this message serves as a challenge for you to reflect on in an open and honest manner of where you have pitched your tent and how you've pitched your tent. And as we finish, there's a few things I'd like to pray for. So would you um, stand with me this morning? Perhaps if one of them resonates with you, you can just offer up a sign to God that you um, are wanting some help, that you want to move, that you want to change. So firstly, maybe you feel a bit like Lot and you've chosen to dwell somewhere you know that isn't quite right. And there's some things you need to change. Can I just say it's a great thing when we realise that we need to change something. But it's important that we don't just stay there. We need to decide that moving isn't too difficult and that we can do it. So if you need to this morning, let the Holy Spirit talk to you and help you with pulling out those pegs, packing up your tent, and moving it to where God is asking you to move to. The next thing I'd like to pray for is that maybe you're a bit more like Abram. You've been listening to God and choosing to dwell where he's asked you to dwell. But perhaps you know that your tent isn't pitched quite right. You've got seven out of eight pegs in good soil, but you need help with one, or maybe there's two or three that you need some help with. So as I pray this morning, I'm just going to be praying that he can, that God will show you the pegs that need to be moved and how he can help you to do that, to help secure them in him in the good ground. To have those poles strengthened by putting on his armor so that you won't bend or snap. And lastly, I want to pray that all of us that we all have our protection securely in place that we can fix our eyes on the good things. And that God's peace will cover us and be with us. And then when the world is in chaos, um, and I believe that things are going to get much more chaotic than what they have been in the past few years. But then when the world is chaotic, that we are secure in our dwelling place and we are secure in, um, in God and the peace and protection that He offers us. So I'm going to pray this morning and then we're just going to sing again. So, Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your word that guides us. Thank you that you want us to just dwell in your presence, Lord. Father, I thank you for sending your Holy Spirit for us to listen to. And, Father, if we feel like Lot this morning and we know that we're not in the right spot, help us to be ready to move. Help us to be willing to move, Lord God, to pack up our tent and to listen to you and to follow you and pitch in the right place. Father, we want to be able to spend our days dwelling in your presence. And Father, for those who feel a bit more like Abram, Lord, they've listened and they've moved, but somehow the tent's just a bit skewed the pegs maybe aren't driven into the solid ground that we want them into, Lord. Help us to recognise these things, Father. Help us to make those shifts, to secure our poles and to put on your armour so that when the winds come, Lord God, we're not going to blow, we're not going to snap, but we're going to stand strong and firm in you, Lord God. And Father, this morning for everyone, I pray for that final piece of protection that makes our tent look like a tent, Lord. For that peace that comes with your Holy Spirit that we cannot understand. I pray that you'll cover everyone here this morning in your peace. And that when things are chaotic around us, Father, that we are in your dwelling place. And that we can stand firm and secure in who you are. I thank you, Father,
1: that you have made a way us to dwell in your presence
0: every day. Amen. Thank you, Ruth. We're just gonna finish the service off. We're just gonna to sing together one last time. And let's just cement what God has spoken into your life this morning. I you join with us.